The first time I realized I was different, I was 12. I was at Brienne Mulkey's house for a sleepover, and I was excited and nervous at the same time. Being a foster kid, I was constantly hopping from one place to the next. I didn't have any friends, so when I was actually invited to something, I jumped at the chance to go. Everything went well until three boys sneaked in that night, and a game that merged seven minutes of heaven and spin the bottle ensued. When it landed on me, and I had to go into a closet with the one boy from school I'd had a secret crush on for months, things went a little fuzzy. The sleepover came to an abrupt end when I somehow managed to disappear, and the boy realized there was a fox in the corner of the closet. That was the night I realized I wasn't like everyone else. When I found out, I was a shifter. That was the night it all began. Claire, are you okay? Hadley's voice brought me back to the present. Though five years had gone by, not much had changed. I still tended to change into a small red fox when I felt threatened, which had happened entirely too much over the last year. My stay at the latest foster home had been stressful, to say the least. Yes, I replied, not wanting to tell my best friend that I was busy remembering my past, instead of helping her fix a problem of her own. Hadley was a witch, one of the newest members of Salem's coven, and if she didn't manage to fix this spell, something was going to happen. What? I didn't know, and honestly, I wasn't sure I wanted to. Instead, I gave her the weird green bottle she held her hand out for. Hadley came from a line of witches, dating back as far as time began. Like me, she came into her magical abilities as abruptly and enthusiastically as I had. But rather than shifting herself into a fox, she'd accidentally changed the school mascot into a real bear on prom night after he'd copped a feel. The coven had been called upon to fix the lumbering accident, and they never let Hadley forget it. She'd increased her workload ever since, in hopes of getting back into their good graces. A few drops into a saucepan caused the contents to bubble, and a weird smell filled the room. I clamped a hand over my nose and forced myself to mouth-breathe. That is gag-worthy, Hads, I managed to choke out. Would it do any better if you were cooking it a little more witch-like? Like, in a cauldron, outside? <sighs> Can you imagine what the town would do if I built a fire in the middle of the yard and pulled out Great Grammy's old iron pot? Hadley's green eyes sparkled with mirth as she blew a strand of blonde hair away from her face. Yeah, come to think of it, that probably wouldn't set very well, would it? Hardly. Besides, if the town didn't come after me, Aunt Sally would if I scorched her rose bushes, she replied as she picked up the pan and dumped the contents onto a cookie sheet. She leaned closer, peering at it like she expected the inch-thick goo to give her a clue as to what to do next. I reached over and idly plucked a strangely shaped clear crystal from the counter as I waited for her to figure out what her next plan entailed. It was a small piece that looked like a leftover fragment of something larger. Be careful with that, she cried, startling me enough that I nearly dropped the little rock onto the gunky cookie sheet. Somehow, I managed to set it down, my heart thumping like crazy, my hand on my chest, I took a deep breath, willing myself to calm down before I went four-legged and furry. Sorry, she said, giving me a wry grin. If anything happens to that, 
I'm in big trouble. I didn't mean to scare you, she broke off. At first I thought she was checking to make sure I hadn't broken her crystal, but her eyes were locked on my arm. Realizing she was looking at the bruise on my forearm, I jerked my sleeve down and plastered a huge fake grin on my face. Her green eyes were serious as she looked up. Claire, what happened to your arm? Nothing. I ran into the door jam. I lied. Thank goodness she couldn't see the one that circled my collarbone. There wouldn't be any getting out of that. Unless my best friend could manage to spin a curse on my foster dad that would turn him into a puddle of mush whenever he laid a finger on me, there was no use in telling her the truth.